I left that over here. We're on page Kuf Chaf Vav. One, two, three, four, five lines down. And where it says Hine. And the Shir is sponsored by Esther Weiner as a Zafus for a Rafush Lema for Esther Bas Charna, the Sokshar Fola Yisrael. So again, it's on page Kuf Chaf Vav. Five lines down. Letter. I'm sorry. Beginning with the word Hine. Now, last week we spoke about the Rambam's very profound giving over of the idea of Olam Haba that the Neshama resides there eternally based on the way it knows Hashem. And because Hashem himself is eternal and infinite, the neshama which has grasped him to the abilities of the neshama, that you might say becomes part of the neshama, that yidiya, that knowledge, and it's that knowledge which carries the neshama for eternity. And we discussed that last week for a little while, because it was very profound. I just wanted to mention it because he's going to touch on it one more time as we come up here. So the word is hine. Page kuf chaf vav, five lines down. Hine. Ki hatova v'hatafli soachronahi. The ultimate and final good is l'hagia el hachevro ha'oyono hazos. To reach this higher group of people, meaning the tzaddikim who live in Olam Haba, and to exist in that state of kavod, and that phenomenal stature of Olam Haba, which we mentioned before. And the existence, the ongoing life of our nefesh, meaning our neshama, as we said, ad ein sof, will be for eternity. Now he's going to say it again. Kikiyum habore yisborach. Just like Hashem lives for eternity, exists for eternity. Shahu sibas kiyuma. Because Hashem is the reason and the cause for the neshama's eternity, because the neshama comprehended, meaning according to its abilities, the neshama comprehended Hashem. As is explained in earlier philosophers. So, <coughs> last week I was talking about the Rambam's idea of yidiya and da'as. It's the neshama's knowledge of Hashem which infuses it with the eternity of Hashem and therefore the neshama goes on for eternity as well. To the extent that it is yodeya es Hashem, so too it is with Hashem for eternity. We also mentioned last week that the Ramchal calls that devekus. His word for that is devekus and shlemus. That the more shalem a person becomes, the more kiviyochol like Hashem a person becomes, 
the more that individual goes on to exist for eternity based on Devekus. Very similar that in the Ramchal's teachings, the Devekus is that the Neshama has reached closeness to God. And it's that closeness which gives the Neshama its eternal relationship with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. The Rambam is saying something I believe is very similar. The Yediyah of Hashem, the knowledge of Hashem, is what infuses the Neshama with eternity and eternal life. And we know that the word Da'as in Lashon HaKodesh, it means more than knowledge, it means close. Because when the relationship between a husband and wife is described, it's called Da'as. At Adam Nu Chava, the Torah says, meaning to say he had relations with her. So that Da'as also implies closeness. So as I see it, it's very similar, the Ramchal and the Rambam, Devekus, Shlemus, and Yediyah, but each one talking from their own perspective, and the Rambam saying, with that Yediyah, which I'm going to translate it as knowledge slash closeness, that the Neshama has absorbed that, and as he said last week, they kind of merge, and that becomes its eternal life. So the Rabbim says, that is the ultimate good to which no other good can be compared. There's nothing like this. That's beyond description. There's no pleasure like that pleasure of closeness to God and intimacy with Rakadosh Baruch Hu for all eternity. That is unparalleled. We don't even have the words to explain it. Because how could we even compare tamid, which means perpetual, ongoing, enduring, never-ending, with something which stops? As he said earlier in, in our learning, all the pleasures of this world are temporal and they come to an end. They last a minute, five minutes, whatever it is, and they stop. But that tainug is tainug tamidi. And those two types of ta'anugim cannot be really related to each other. V'zehu sh'amar, as it says, in the Torah, l'man yitav yamin, in order that it will be good for you and you will have length of days. That's from Devorim. And we learn from our Chachamim. Kabbalah here does not mean Sodos HaTorah, it means from Chazal. It means that it will be good for you. The Chachamim say, in a world which is only and completely good. So Tov is not Tov as we know it here, which is very tempered and on and off. Tov is Kulo Tov. In Olam Haba, va'arachta yamim, and you will have length of days. La'olam shakulo aroch, in a world which is completely long, meaning eternal. So that's the good. That's the Torah. It's the ultimate good. This eternal relationship of closeness and yidiyas habore, and there's no tov like that. 
So what would be the worst thing that could happen then? What's the worst bad? That would be that the neshama would be cut, cut off and it would be lost out. And that it would no longer exist. And that's what the word kores means in the Torah. Vinyan hakoresu, what does it mean? Shetovad hanefesh, that the neshama is lost. Kamoshe beyaro, the amru, as the chachamim said, he kores, he kores hanefesh ahi, that's a pasuk in the Torah by Midbar. Vamru zichonam livracha, why is the word said twice? He kores ba'olam hazed, the person is cut off in this world, that means chas d'shom, they die young. He kores ba'olam haba, and they're cut off in the world to come. Now, dying young does not always have to be a sign of kores, by the way. It could be other things as well, but this is in this particular context. The Namar. This comes from Shmuel Aleph when Avigail, who was a great woman in Tzadikas, later to become David, one of David Amelech's wives. So she says to him earlier, May the soul of my master be bound up in the bond of life. Now you might recognize that phrase because that is the phrase that we say when a person passes away. That comes from this pasuk, from what Abigail said to David HaMelech. And that's most often printed on a matseva. On the very bottom of it, any matseva that you have will always say either spelled out fully or else tough nun tzadik beis hei tehei nishmasa or nishmasa tzurura bitzurachayim so that's a very you know very impactful pasuk and she says that to him and now the Rambam draws on that and that's the idea of being bound up in the bond of life meaning it's it's completely and totally life and good like you're enwrapped, encompassed, just inside, outside, there's tov everywhere. Just bundled up in tov. Tzadura b'tzorachayim. Hine. Kol misha b'achar v'hirgil b'ta'anuge ha'guf. But a person, however, who chose physical pleasures, umo'as be'emes, and they despised truth, v'ohav ha'sheker, and they fell in love with falsehood. Nichras me'osamala, that person is cut off from that very high level of relationship with God. Vishoer chomer nichras, they become fully physical and, and basically they cease to exist. That's the Rambam's statement of Kores. Ukavar be'er hanavi and the Navi says in Yeshaya, she'olam haba. The world to come cannot be comprehended with physical senses. As it says, No eye has ever seen this, Elohim, except for you. You will do it for those who wait for you. So, means that our eye, our physical eye, even our intelligence, our ability to see and understand, we simply cannot grasp that. I am no rasa, 
No eye has ever seen that, what life is like in the world to come. It's beyond us. And the Chachamim also said regarding this, All the prophecies of our Nevi'im about the end of days, that's all about Mashiach. All the things that they say that will happen and all the wonderful things they prophesize, that's about Mashiach. But when it comes to Olam Haba, no eye has ever seen that. He means to say that's not what the Nevi'im are talking about. They're not talking about Olam Haba. They're talking about Mashiach. All the Nevuos in Yeshaya is about Mashiach. Now the Torah, of course, does make remez to Olam Haba in different places. It's marames to it, it hints to it. But in terms of the direct Nevuos, this is the Chazal, the Ramam is quoting. They're about Mashiach. Olam Haba is beyond anybody's description. And all one could say about it is that which Yeshaya did, no eye has ever seen this. No eye has ever rested upon that glory of Saru Rabbi Tzorachayim. That is completely beyond us, and that state of closeness, intimate knowledge with Hashem, that is the ultimate, perfect, as much as we can have, relationship with our Kaddish Baruch Get any comments till that point? Because that concludes that particular piece. Yeah, Yolanda, please. You're right on target. Okay, so you're right on target, and it's exactly what the Ramam is going to talk about in the next paragraph. <laughs> what about all these things that the Torah is taught? What, what does that refer to? So you see his approach. We'll see in a minute his approach to it. So I'll let him say it. Okay. Much better than me saying it. Is there another hand up? I saw that. Yeah, Mrs. Rand, please. The Torah talks generally about Torahs. Yeah. When it's just one lashon, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. And if you're saying that hikores hikores is specifically two lashonos here and there, so maybe just one lashon means here that a person who has lashon dies young. That's very possible. Because mitzvot in the Torah that have kores, I thought um, the consequences of this world, and then a person can go. And, and that is how we hold. We do say that a person can certainly do teshuva, even for Averos that have kores in it. Latest forum talk about that. The Raman does not say that here. But latest forum say when one can do teshuva even on Averos that have kores. So that would mean that they would, chas shalom die young in this world, but they could still get olam haba. That's the mahalach that I go with, Chasidish's forum in general. Ko Yisrael Yeshlem Chelek Olam Haba. Yeah, please, the last. Just certain neshamas, um, like let's say the Nazis or people who are neshamas, they, they don't have courage like where there's a neshama goes both, they still have an afterlife. But I'm talking about Jews. Oh, but uh, there's such a concept of neshamas disappearing completely. Yeah, when it comes to the reshaim of Umo Sa'olam, they have absolutely no chalik in Olam Abba. They get their punishment for all the evil they did here, and then they cease to exist. There's no eternal life. 
to, well, to them, you mean the, this, this produce? Yeah, so we have that. One can hopefully do tshuva for that, be misakin that, bezras Hashem, for, for a yid, that's possible to do that. The Ramchal does say, in the Derech Hashem, that it is possible for a Jew to lose his chalik and olam haba, but it's extremely rare. That's his lashon. But Sadak HaKolein takes a different point of view, and he says it's simply not possible for a Jew to lose their chalik and olam haba. Hashem will always find a way to bring a Yiddish and Neshama back. It's called Leval Yidach Mimenu Nidach. No one will be cast away from Hashem. But Rishoyim of Umo Sa'olam, that does not apply to. They cease to exist. They get their Onesh, and then they no longer exist. The Chasidei Umo Sa'olam, however, they have the Chalik and Olam Haba because they were righteous people. Yeah, Rebbe Sin? I'm sorry not to have this question. But I <laughs> Try not to have the no. question. <laughs> Mordechai said to Esther that you know if you don't go into Achashverosh, you're going to be lost in your father's house. So this is the word, you know, to be lost. Like, what did he mean there? Like, if she wouldn't have done that, and is that is that referring to something like this that she would have been lost? If she would have been, because that's pretty big. I don't think so. I don't think that Mordechai is saying to Esther, if you don't do this, then you will, you know. You and your father's house will, bl- will be lost. I don't think he means Kores. Then this particular contribution of saving Claudius Rule, which is pretty, you know, great. You lose that. You lose that. You lose that. It just seems like it's a very yeah. It seems like a broad statement. I, I don't think it means that in total that that it's all you know for fallen. Everything is. They don't have anything left. But this role in Yeshua's Klal Yisroel is not going to be theirs. It will be lost to them, belong to somebody else. That's how I understand it. Okay, so now the Rambam is going to talk about these different psukim in the Torah that talk about the good that will happen if you do mitzvot, like Ilana mentioned. All of these Yehudim, which means uh, predictions, talking about what will happen, the good things that will occur, or chas shalom punishments, which he calls nekomos in the Torah. In yonam hu ma'ashe I will explain them to you. V'huzeh. Hu omerlach, it's to say to us, im ta'aseh ha-mitzvos if you do mitzvos, if you busy your life with mitzvos, then what will happen? Asayeh alucha alasiyasan, then Hashem says, I will help you to do more and to do them better. So you start doing mitzvos, I'm going to pitch in and help you do mitzvos. And, I will also remove from you those things which poke you, which bother you, which cause you pain, or other things that bring you obstacles from doing mitzvot. Monea is an obstacle. So Hashem says, you do mitzvot, I'll help you do them, and I will remove the obstacles from doing them. Lefi, she'odam iyev sharlo la'asos ha-mitzvot, a person cannot do mitzvot, lo kishu chola if he or she is sick, or if they're hungry, otsame, or thirsty, or in the time of battle, or if you're under siege. On top of page Kuf Chav Ches now. 
So that doesn't mean to say we're exempt from mitzvot if any of these things happen to us, but it's much harder when you're suffering to do mitzvot. Therefore the Torah tells us, If you do my mitzvot, I'm going to give you a good life so you can do mitzvot. That you'll be healthy and you'll have some tranquility and peace of mind. So you can have a complete and full knowledge of mitzvot and Torah. And then be zoche to olam haba. So the Ramam is saying that those pesukim that say, it will be good for you, your land will be blessed, there will be rain, like in Kriyashma that we say, he holds, that's all Olam Hazer response to help us do mitzvot even better. That's the reward. Because after all, the ultimate schar for keeping Torah, living Torah, is not that we have fertile land in Olam Hazeh, and that we'll live long lives, and that we'll be healthy. That's not the ultimate schar of Torah and mitzvot. Those are blessings of this world. But all of those things will help and support and aid us to do the Torah. So we think about Kriyashma, I'll give you the rain in its time, and you'll have fruit in your fields. The Ramam is saying, that's not the schar of mitzvot. That's just making Olam Hazer the ultimate place to do mitzvot. That's what that means. And the other side is, if we're over, we transgress the Torah. Now we have a punishment on the other side of it. That these bad things that the Torah talks about will happen. And that will prevent us from doing mitzvahs. So if we're choosing not to do them, and we're violating them, then Hashem says, okay, I'm going to make the world more like that for you, and it will be harder for you to do mitzvahs, and there won't be rain, and you'll be hungry after battle sickness and war. as it says, from the tochacha, in that you did not serve Hashem with joy and with goodness of heart, and with abundance, so therefore you will serve your enemies. If you're choosing not to serve me, then I'll make the world a place like that where you'll have to serve your enemies. If you look into this deeply, the Rambam says, and reflect upon it carefully, so the Rambam is saying, I'm going to paraphrase what Hashem is saying to us in the Torah. And it's as if he's saying this. If you do some of the mitzvot out of love for Hashem and you put effort into it, 
then then I will help you to do all of them. Put your best foot forward and I'll help you do the rest. And I will remove those things that cause you pain and obstacles. But if you abandon the mitzvot, meaning to say out of a sense of disrespect, not because a person was too weak or sick, but a person abandoned them out of disrespect. <coughs> then Hashem says, I'll send you other things to prevent you from doing mitzvot too. If you choose not to do them, then I'll cater to that as well. So you will not be able to achieve shleimus. Or a kiyum in the world to come. This is the meaning, he says, of the Chazal in Pirkeyavos. Sechar mitzvah, mitzvah. The reward for a mitzvah is a mitzvah. You do a mitzvah, you show Hashem that you want to do a mitzvah, Hashem says, okay, I'll let you do another one. I'll let you, I'm going to create the circumstances for you to do another mitzvah and another and another. Usachar Avera, Avera. And the reward for the Avera is it brings about another Avera. So, Ilana, does that answer your question? The Ramam is saying, is that what you were asking about those psukim that indicate a certain reward? How the Ramam is saying it? Okay. All right, so that's about Mashiach. All those things would be the nevuos that pertain to Mashiach, like we have in Yeshaya and Yemiyo. So those great nevuos, which um, refer to the Binyan Nabayis and returning to Eretz Yisroel, Ubo Ovdim Eretz Asher, Vanizachim Eretz Be'eretz Mitzrayim. So all those things are about Yemos HaMashiach. Yes, Mashiach is the ultimate goal of Olam Hazet. So the highest form of Olam Hazeh is Mashiach. The highest form of any time is Olam Haba. That far exceeds whatever we will gain here in Mashiach. But relative to this world, there's no time in history like the time of Mashiach, and the Rambam is actually going to explain that a little bit too, that era. Yeah, please go. Yeah. Yeah. So Gil is saying, what about you see people who are not doing mitzvahs, who seem to be have very good lives and happy lives, and they're getting these things right? So I'll say it this way in brief, it's complicated, right? So the Ramam is talking about a certain stream of hashgacha here, but other things matter as well. well there are big picture things, and they're all, they are, are Gilgulim. There's the concept of a person having it good here because they're wicked and therefore they won't think about doing tshuva and they'll be, lose their chilek in olam haba because they're rewarded in olam hazeh. There may be other things that a person did that we're not even aware of that are exceptionally good. A person who doesn't necessarily appear that way may have done something very, very good in their life and Hashem is allowing them some revach and some tranquility. Not in the sense of taking away their olam haba, but not to our knowledge, they did some very good things. So, so many things can weigh in uh, to those life situations of people. 
the Rambam is talking about, you know, one stream of, of the many streams that affect a person's life circumstances in this world. And let's say we look at people who do do mitzvahs, and maybe they're, they, maybe they're le- leading lives where they're suffering, doesn't seem to be consistent with this. So again, there are higher considerations that Hashem has in mind for that per- particular person. And whatever Hashem has in mind, that's what's going to carry the day for them. Yeah, Rebison, please. So sometimes, you know, it's how you define good. You know, it's mm-hmm. not always that good is having wealth. Sometimes mm-hmm. good is being in a position. There's a story about the Gemara, or someone taking someone around and to experience the world and the consequences. And they went to a, a town where the people... He uh, says the person can't ask me any questions, right? right. And there's a town, and the people very impoverished, and, and speak like, louder. I can't. No one can hear you. <laughs> well, I'm because I'm not sure I'm getting. I'm, I'm not getting this right. I'm just it's my memory. So, okay. but so they go to a city, and they're they all help each other, and it's uh, they're good to each other, but they're very impoverished. So he like <laughs> makes a decree that there's a drought or something, a famine, and it gets worse. And then they go to another town, and the very people are very wealthy, and they're very stingy, and they're very selfish, and they don't help each other. And so he gives a, a whatever I want to call it a blessing, or that you know they have even more wealth. So fine, the person gets to ask questions because they just can't handle it. It doesn't seem upside down. So he says that these people that they're doing chesed with each other, so now they're going to have more of an opportunity to do chesed with each other. This really is the reward. And those people who are... The hardships hardships. are the reward. Mm -hmm. And those people that are not helping each other, so they're going to get a world where they're not going to have many opportunities to help each other. So, you know, we're looking at that in a certain way, like like the the guy before he told me, and that just doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense with Mm -hmm. what we're learning here. But if you're seeing good as the opportunity to do mitzvahs in a higher and a higher way, which means not always out of comfort, not always out of luxury, but in circumstances that are very challenging, that's a very great opportunity to have. So that is good. So right. they are getting good. Right. It's in a different presentation. Yeah. So we're always looking at good as a material mm-hmm. wealth. Right. But it's a, it's a wealth of opportunity that is really, sounds like the ultimate good, the wealth of right. opportunity. Right. Right. Yeah. 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 yeah, Dory, please. I mean, I'm just thinking back over Jewish history. Yeah. Terrible poverty, terrible sickness, a lot of incredible challenges, and, and Jews that were at a much higher level than we are, who, who didn't have the opportunity that, right. it just almost seems to me like this stream that you're talking about, like he's talking about is, is the, it, oh, I hate to say it, but I don't mean, I don't mean to sound like this. It almost sounds like the exception rather than the rule of what was happening in Jewish history. Yeah, it's like the era of Shlomo HaMelech, you know, where people had, they were, what they had, they had their own land, they were in peace, there was a great king. You know, it's, it is the, more the exception, you know, than the rule for Claudius Ross. I, I agree. So many of the other factors, you know, weigh in. Why something like this does not manifest itself too often in, in Jewish history. I agree with you. Yeah. Yes, Elka, please. Um, it almost sounds 
Right. So I don't think he's saying that Hashem is going to eliminate the possibility of mitzvahs. But Hashem is saying, I will cater to your choices. And if you choose not to serve me with mitzvahs or b'semcha, then that will be the response. But that doesn't mean the door is closed. It's just that person is going to stay on that way for a while until they have a hisorerus, some kind of awakening to do tshuva, and then open up the door again. And it's a very mixed bag of behavior that we're sending up to Hashem. Right? We're sending up mitzvahs, we're sending up averos, we're sending up good intentions, we're sending up bad intentions. You know, we, we have a lot that we contain. Hashem's sending us down a lot as well, based on that, and of course based on his own uh, divine considerations. So no, I don't think he means like Paro here, that we're harden, he's hardening our heart and that our Bechira is gone. But rather, we choose a certain way and a person becomes fixed into that, Hashem responds to that, you can always, you can always change. The door for change is always open. And also, regarding Simcha, true, some people are more by nature Simchadik, some people less, some people more serious, some people less. But that's the idea, it's in Avoda. You know, for some people, you know, to let's say for a man to put on fillin, some men find that easy, some men find that hard. Each one has to do it. So the one who finds putting on fillin difficult, but he might find another mitzvah easy. And the other guy just the other way around. And for women and women's mitzvahs as well. So that's the avoda. If I'm not besimcha, so I need to try and get there. I'm not feeling a sense of amun and betachon and I need to try and get there. That's the avoda. And Hashem looks at each individual based on who they are, how they were born, where they start, and where, where they end. And He's never looking at us in comparison to somebody else's nature or makeup. Yeah, Yolanda, please. Um, the physical blood In other words, if you have the whole claw involved in that, something like that? Isn't it a national yes, 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 it is. So you're looking at that maybe there are many individuals who are righteous, but there are many who are not as well. Yeah. So we don't achieve this in a shlameless as well. Right. I could see that. Okay. Asking, it's not mm -hmm. an yeah. So, for example, again, that era of Shlomo HaMelech and the end of David HaMelech, so then you have Gans Claw Yisrael involved you know, in a life of Shlemus HaTorah, that's <coughs> unusual in Jewish history. Also in the Megillah, when, um, when Klai Yisrael did Shuva toward the end of Megillah, after Haman Zikriya and Esther wanted everybody to come and daven together. So, well, it's our understanding there that all of Klai Yisrael did Shuva at that time. It was a mass Shuva. It wasn't just that Mordechai and Esther got the people together and they fasted and that was it. It was a mass tshuva of Gans Klal Yisrael. Everybody was affected by that. The whole people in 127 different regions and country. So we reached, at least for that moment, a very high madrega. Okay. Now I'll take a look at the next paragraph.
Very interesting, very different in the Rambam. What about Gan Eden? What's Gan Eden according to the Rambam? Ve'ulam Gan Eden hu makam dashen v'shamein. He says Gan Eden is a place which is fertile, literally fat. It means fertile, very fruitful. Mivchar ha'oretz. It's the very best place on earth. Now the note on the bottom says there's also another girsa, which is mikadur ha'oretz. It's part of earth. It's on earth. Yeshbo Nohorim Rabim, there are many rivers there. The Ilanos Osimperos, and many trees that produce fruit. Yigale Osam Hashem Yisborach Livne Adam Laasid Lavo. And Hashem will reveal this place to us someday in the future, probably be Hamashiach. The Yora Osam Haderech Lahalechela, the Yisan Guvo, and He will show us the way how to get there, and we will receive the pleasures of that place. And it's possible that there are there wondrous plants, wondrous herbs, mo'ilim to'eles gedola, which are of great benefit to people. Arevim, and they are pleasant, umesukim harbe, and extremely sweet. Milvad ela hayuduim v'hamafursamim etzlenu, Besides the ones that we know about, so we already know about a lot of helpful herbs and medicines and vegetables and fruits, the Ramam says, well, over there in Gan Eden, there's a whole different level of these available to us. The Ramam says, don't think that this is impossible. Don't, don't say like, nah, that can't be. No, in the matter of fact, it's very likely to be. Even had the Torah not written it, you could kind of come to that on your own. Fascinating thought. I don't know that I would have. Certainly because the Torah has explained it. So what the Rambam holds is Ganeden is a place in this world. It's here somewhere. And we don't know where it is. When the time comes, Hashem will show us where it is. The Mukabalim do not agree with this. Ganeidin is a spiritual place. We get there in Olam Haba. Maybe they hold there's such a region in this world called Ganeidin, perhaps. But the Rambam clearly says it's a secret place in this world which is of unbelievable high, qual- high quality. And at the right time, it will be revealed to us. Amnam Gehenna. What about Gehenna? Hushem Litsa'ar Vila'onesh Shayasig Lirishayim. The Rambam says Gehenna is simply what we call the punishment for that which the for the the, the punishment that Rishoim will receive. Their punishment and pain is called Gehenna. Velo Porash Onesh, and the Tal meaning the Gemara does not explain what this is actually going to be like. But some say, that the sun will draw very close to these wicked people and burn them up. And the Raya comes from a Pasuk in Malachi. The day will come and it will be as hot as an oven. 
says in Malachi. Ukitsasam Omrim, others say that the heat of Gehenim, Kihu Chamimus Zara, is a high and strange fever. Tishadesh Begufoseyam, that will happen in the bodies of the wicked, the Tisrafame, and burn them up. So the Ramam is saying that Gehenim is talking about the Onshim that happened to Rishoim, as opposed to it being a particular place. That's also a very unique perspective. So those who say that the heat of Gehenna is fever, what's their raya? A pasukinishaya. Their spirit will be consumed by fire. Now, once again, the Mukabalim do not agree with this. Mukabalim say that Gehenna is a place, it's a spiritual place where our neshamas go after they leave this world. And whatever onish that we have to endure happens there on a spiritual level. And then that's a kapora for us. We're cleansed by Gehenim and then we're released up into Ganeden and Olamaba. The Ramam, again, does not have that point of view, but it's very fascinating to hear his point of view. He's not, the Rambam, based on our knowledge, was not aware of Sifrei Kabbalah. And therefore, he has a different construct as to what these places and things mean. In our time in history, we're already greatly influenced by the great Mukubalim, the Ramban, the Harizal, the Baal Shem Tov, the Gona Vilna, the Ramchal. So we have much different uh, understanding of what these places are. But nonetheless, the Rambam in his own Mahalech is presenting how he sees these places. Now, Tchiyas HaMesim. With Tchiyas HaMesim, when the, light, the dead come back to life, he yisod mi yisode Torah Moshe Rabbeinu. It is of the foundations of the Torah of Moshe Rabbeinu. It is, it's foundational in the Torah, meaning to say that we must believe in it like we believe in any other part of the Torah. Allah v'shalom. Ve'en das v'lo devekus bedas Yehudis. We have no religion, we have no Jewish religion. L'misha lo ya'amin zeh. If one does not believe in Tchiyas HaMesim. Avalhu litzadikim and tchiyas hamesim is for the righteous. V'cheinu lashon bereshis raba, as it says in the midrash raba, gevuras keshamim litzadikim v'lorishaim. The power of rain, meaning in our world, that's for both the righteous and the wicked. Everybody gets rain. V'tchiyas hamesim litzadikim v'vad, but tchiyas hamesim is only for tzadikim. Notice in Shemona Esrei that rain and Tchiyas HaMesim are part of the same bracha. Second bracha of Shemona Esrei. Gevuraz Geshami. Veich Yichyu HaRishoyim. The Rambam says, because how could the wicked live? How could they come back to life? They're already dead when they're alive. That's the Chazal. The Chachamim say, the Chenamru, Rishoyim Afilu B'chayehem Kruim Mesim. Wicked people, even as they live in this world, they're already considered dead. They're not connected to Hashem at all. So with what will they have Tchiyas HaMesim? They have no life anyway. Tzadikim, however, when it comes to the righteous, Afilu b'misasam kuruim chayim. Even when they die, they're alive. Because they have eternal life. Tzadikim. Veda ki ha'adam yeshlo lamus behechreach. You should know that a person must die. The parade, and his body will decompose. 
v'yashuv l'mashu hurkav mimenu, and he will go back to that which he was formed of, meaning the earth, and come back in tchias hamesim. Va'amech kulam tzadikim. I'm adding that. All the Jewish people are tzadikim. Right, so this Ras Hashem will all get that. Now, what time do we have? 22. Okay, so I don't, I don't want to stop short of Mashiach here, right? All right, so... That we're gonna, we're gonna ha- I'm going to continue in this Sefer next semester, so don't worry, we're going to th- hopefully finish it. There's a lot left. I do want to just go into, I know we're at this point at time, I'll take three, four more minutes just to go into the Mashiach a little bit because it's very fascinating. Amna, Mimosa Mashiach. What are the days of Mashiach? Huzaman Shatashuv Hamalchus V'Yisroel. Number one. The Malchus goes back to the Jewish people, meaning the Melech of the world will be the Melech HaMashiach. That's like he is the Melech. He's the leader of all people. The Yachzerul Eretz Yisroel, and we will return to Eretz Yisroel. So Malchus goes back to Yisroel. We will no longer be Meshubah to other kingdoms, and we will return to Eretz Yisroel. The Yehiyah also HaMelech Gadol Ma'od. And that Melech HaMashiach will be extremely great. Ubeis Malchuso B'Tzion Yigdal Shemo. The house of his kingdom will be in Zion in Eretz Yisrael. His name will be great. V'zichro Yihiyah Meloha Goyim Yoser Min HaMelech Shlomo. And his reputation will be amongst the nations of the world even greater than Shlomo HaMelech. And if you look in the Navi about how highly, highly regarded Shlomo HaMelech was, People were coming to him in droves. All the kings, all the wise men of the world. So Mashiach will be even greater than that. The Yashlimu Ito Kola Umos. All the other nations will make peace with him. The Ya'abduhu Kola Aratsos. And they will all be in his service. Litzidko Hagado, because of his great righteousness. And because of the wondrous things that will occur through him. If anybody tries to rise up against him, Hashem, God will destroy them. And they will be delivered into his hands. There will be no opposing the Melech HaMashiach. Whoever opposes him perishes or is given over into his hands. Teach us, attest to his great success and our success, meaning Klal Yisrael, along with him. But reality will not change. Meaning, Mashiach is this world, it's Olam Hazeh, in its highest form. But the kingdom will return back to Yisrael. As the Chachamim said, Ein bein Olam Hazeh, the Yimos HaMashiach, There'll be nothing between this world and the world to come, meaning that means the Mosha Mashiach. I'm sorry, there'll be nothing between this world and the time of Mashiach except Shibud Malchios. We will no longer be subjugated to any other nation, only to Hashem and to the Melacha Mashiach. And through that, we will live our life in the time of Mashiach. There's a lot more to say about Mashiach, which we'll get into, Bezras Hashem. But I wanted to just make sure that we touched on that, especially coming into Pesach, which is the man of Geula. We should be zochet to Geula Shleima Bekaros.
Have a wonderful day. And again, the Chodesh Nisan, the Chag Hashem V'Sameach. Lanu L'Chol Yisrael. And as I said, we will continue in this Sefer next semester. So if you want to hold on to your photocopies, that's fine. If you want to give, give them back to me, I'll bring them next time, whatever you like. Thanks, guys.